0: Welcome to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered with Perry Clark. This program looks at mental health from unique perspectives and shows you how to manage your life by finding the knots that help you and stay away from the ones that could be a disadvantage. Now, here is your host, Perry Clark.
1: Hello, all. Welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist here with you. And I want to give everyone the classic disclaimer that this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute working with a licensed mental professional. I do strongly recommend seeking a mental professional in your area. And don't be afraid to also do it virtually because that's also a place we can provide. So today uh, we have both a returning guest as well as a new guest to talk about a project that they have been very much uh, focused on. And at one point I did hope hope at one point to be able to join them on their trip, but uh, unfortunately things not work out that way. But I think this is an important one, not just about our work with mental health, but our aspects of connecting to with our culture. And whatever culture you come to as well, listener, because I'm certain there is knowledge and things there that with our mental health that we can use, but also heal. So today's guest, which some of you may remember from an earlier one, our first one is Dr. Paula Langford, who is located in the Baltimore area and has an area of, of focus on depression, anxiety, PTSD, complex PTSD, addiction, couples, grief, and loss. Dr. Paula is the director of the Health, in Health Healing Institute located in Baltimore, Maryland, is a licensed, certified African-centered social work practitioner through the National Association of Black, Psych- Black Social Workers Academy of African-Centered Social Work. She is a 30-year veteran of the District of Columbia's Child and Family Protection Agency and where she is a lead quality review case practice specialists informing child welfare practices throughout the continual quality improvement strategy. Uh, she has worked in worked in, in contract monitoring of group homes, adoption, CPS and child f- fatalities in Washington DC, Baltimore. Uh, Dr. Paula is a certified and is a certified Daring Way facilitator, certified brain spotter phases one through four, internal family systems level one, certified trauma specialists, certified prepared and encouraged in, no, prepared and enriched facilitator certified in EMDR therapy and stopping domestic violence therapists. At this point, I'm just going to stop because this one's so long and move over to our other new, new one. Uh, this is Ann Dillard, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist and is passionate about instilling hope and empowering individuals to live their best lives. She operates a thriving practice in Decatur, Georgia, where she offers mental health services to teens and their families in their, in her clinical work. She addresses, advises our issues with trauma, anxiety, depression, and self-esteem. A significant part of her work is hosting conversation circles where she helps women of all ages to navigate the challenges in their mother-daughter relationships. She she also appears regularly on radio, TV, and podcast programming discussing the challenges and triumphs of recognizing, repairing, and building healthy mother-daughter relationships. She has, all, has created many products and, and tools to help mothers and daughters, as well as authored several books and other publications. This is also, thus she is also known as the mother-daughter healer. In her global work, Anne founded the nonprofit organization Project Safety Net, whose mission is to create sustainable living in developing countries through education, health, and economic development. Project Safety Net has served Senegal and surrounding countries in West Africa for over 15 years. In 2022, Anne led a team of eight brain spotters with lead trainer john edwards to deliver brain spotting phase one to 25 individuals in senegal africa so Anne, paulo and Paula, welcome back to untying knots
2: thank you thank you glad to be here
1: and thank you so
2: much it's a pleasure to be here with you for the first time
1: yeah, and thank you for coming on to talk about this subject because i think it's one of those that we just good to have more broadbanding and supports the work that those of us who have been studying and uh, brain spotting have done but before we get into all of that let me ask the classic question how did you guys get here whichever one of you wants to go first
2: that's a really good question I like you've read I am a mental health professional I'm licensed marriage and family therapist and I um, that really came after I started working in Senegal, West Africa. I had my first mission trip with my godmother in 2008, and I didn't go to start a program. I went just to visit because a lot of people had desires to, to go to the motherland, to really reconnect with the roots. But she went in 1998 and really became so um, involved in working and supporting um, our brothers and sisters there. And so it was really just exciting for me to go with her. Well, um, my experiences led me to just really seek a way of reconciliation, a way to come back to the United States and and live in harmony with um, folks who don't look like me and, and that was a, as a result of learning about the the slave trade and the impact that it had on that part of the country, visiting the door of no return and just being conflicted and wondering what should I do, you know because I there are people who I love dearly, people in my family who look like the colonizers that I learned about in Senegal. and it was it was a very, Um, conflicting time for me because I didn't want to self-destruct. And that's what it felt like. And I believe that God led me to this work um, of Project Safety Nets, initially starting with just a desire to deliver 1,000 mosquito bed nets, just just 1,000 to try to give back some of the things that had been taken away. Well, it blew up into something more than that. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, as I started doing my clinical work and started learning about brain spotting, it seemed because of the the amazing tool, the portability of brain spotting and um, all the other facets of it, it seemed like that would be such an amazing healing tool to share with the people of Senegal. And that is when I um, invited um, John to, to share. He was very excited about it and invited the rest of the team, including Dr. Paula to participate in that.
1: And how about for you, Paula?
3: So I became interested in particularly social work because of my mom and dad. Uh, They're both clinical social workers. And so um, I always wanted to be like my mom and uh, how she helped people. And so I started out even working under her private practice uh, when I graduated and I moved on to open my own private practice. And so my work has primarily been in child welfare. Uh, helping children of the District of Columbia and Baltimore, Maryland, to just navigate those systems, preparing them for exit to permanent homes uh, safely. And also, it was an opportunity, uh, particularly during COVID, for me to get some new skills, right? Um, And so I took the brain spotting training, Loved it from phase one to today and just see it as a God-given gift to reopen um, the access portal to healing naturally. And so um, following my mom and dad's footsteps, I use brain spotting and other brain body based um, interventions uh, throughout my practice.
1: Very nice. Very nice. So as we said earlier, uh, part of why we're here is to talk about this experience of bringing oh. brain spotting to Senegal and the work and the experiences that you guys had in doing this. So uh, and I know you started off a with, bit with you when we were talking with your when we were talking about the, uh, the, how, the question of how you got here but please take us further about this experience of going to Senegal, bringing these brain spotting practitioners and mental health workers to Senegal to begin to share and expand this.
2: Yeah, that is um, that whole thing has been a process because um, the core, one of the the core foundational principles of Project Safety Nets is relationship building. And so everything that we do is it's coming from the place of building relationships. So in order before we even started thinking about going ourselves, there is a, a young woman, her name is Amy Nang, um, who I came to know through another friend who does work in in Senegal. And Amy, she runs an early childhood program for children with special needs. And, um, she, I learned about her and thought she would be an amazing, amazing ambassador for, um, brain spotting because of the work that she does with, uh, children from this specialized population. And I invited Amy to the brain spotting phase one training, which she took virtually. Right. And there, there's like a five hour time difference. Mm -hmm right? With Senegal being five hours ahead. And so she, she did show up for the training, the phase one training, and she began to use it with the children in her care and their parents and has had remarkable results. And so with that fire lit with Amy, it was easy then to for her to share with other people and share the results that she was having with other people. So she became our first ambassador in Senegal. We, Dr. Paul and I and a team, prior to the training, we were in West Africa and, um, We had uh, scrounge up some people to come and learn about uh, brain spotting, people from all different walks of life. We had medical students and we had um, just all kinds of of different people to come. And Dr. Paula did a two hour demonstration to the audience, um, build a lot of uh, contact, a lot of relationships establish rapport, all that good, good stuff. And um, they were able to see brain spotting at work before their very eyes. And so that then gave us more people on the ground who had evidence of what we were talking about. And we began to to reach out to market. And what was important for us was to make sure that brain spotting wasn't limited to just licensed or clinical folks, because we have an appreciation and an understanding of how important it is um, for community healers who may not have the, you know, clinical education Mm -hmm. to be able to use this tool in the community. So we recruited people and we had, Support and help in doing this, recruiting people from all different walks of life to come to the training in August. So that that's some of the the background about how we came to August.
1: Oh, very nice, very nice. And uh, something that was talked about in a podcast will be coming out later in the year was the idea of sometimes people will call us doctor even though we don't have. Dr. Dr. Paula's uh, official title, but it's an honorific for the efforts of what we're trying to do, which is helping yeah. people heal. That's so kind right. to <laughs> put that disclaimer out there, but still recognizing that's what's going on and that's also a cultural humility too. Mm-hmm.
3: That's right. I agree.
1: Yeah. yeah.. So Paula, how did you become connected with this project? And then we'll go more into the project itself.
3: Sure. Um, So I started five years ago uh, doing missions work with Project Safety Nets, and I absolutely love it. My primary um, activity is collecting used eyeglasses and a site for Senegal. So um, each year I would collect a number of eyeglasses to ship over, but other things, uh, medicine, and so I knew that for some reason, Senegal was a pl- had a special place in my heart. Um, and then I realized, um, I think it was my first trip that my middle name, Sine, well, they call me Sine, but it is the first four letters of Senegal. And it is a common name in Senegal, West Africa. And so for some reason, I think my dad named me that to reconnect me to the continent. And that's what I really believe because he had no idea. And so in working with Anne and working closely with her, I watched her. I still watch her um, and the work that she does. And I really appreciate not just the uh, building of um, connection and um with the people of Senegal, but I really appreciate the fact that I can go as a Christian and I can share Christ um, in a different way. And I say we are evangelizing in a different way. And so that's how I got to Senegal. Um, And I began to understand the need. You mentioned that I am an african centered social worker through the National Association of Black Social Workers. And I have been studying African-centered social work for at least 20, 25 years. And so I recognize the connection between the necessity of healing, um, healing not just us here in the US, but healing that relationship between us and our brothers and sisters back home. And it was, I think, through an epiphany that it got me to move at least uh, opening up my own practice in Senegal in February of 2023.
1: So, so. it's expanding so much across yes. the
3: world and such. Yes, yes. So. But it but Project Safety Nets and the team really opened up that that portal, that way, that uh uh the road to not just knowing about brain spotting, but also recognizing that missionaries are black and missionaries who are black, are family, and how can we reconnect to our family? Because they have something to offer us and we have something to offer them. Mm-hmm.
1: So we're gonna get more into that and talk about, especially about this aspect of you being, essentially providing therapy across the globe, but more talk about the aspect of the setting up of the uh, organization, what it was like bringing John and the other trainers with uh, other practitioners with you and that experience of teaching it in that, in the, in Senegal itself.
2: Yeah, that was, that was uh, quite an intense experience because um, one of the things that we, well, first of all, John was on board. Mm -hmm. John, he was on board. He was like, let's go. Let's do it. If we can get 10 people interested, let's do it. And and let me just say that was really encouraging for me because he donated his services Mm -hmm. to to make this happen. And uh, the other thing that happened was people in the brain spotting community, they rallied around us and helped uh, to support us to make this training happen in Senegal, Um, support us financially is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, The members of the team, they paid their way out of their pockets and some people receive personal donations through our 501c3 organization to help defray the cost of their trip. But the members, you know, of the team, they saw the value in that and they that was an investment and it was not a cheap investment. They invested they, that out of their pockets. So with people having this kind of vigor and this kind of excitement, it was important to me that we went through a process, which we always do with Project Safety Next Trips. And so I think we had like a six-month turnaround And we did six months of orientation. We had monthly orientations that led to biweekly orientations where we're talking about what's going to happen, what the culture is like, just getting people acclimated to the fact that we're gonna be living together in close quarters and um, we're gonna be serving while we're there to do brain spotting training, we're also there to serve. So how do we then do that from a servant um, perspective. And so those were some of the things that we we did to prepare the team, but also on receiving, because I believe that as much as we give, we also receive. Um, We are serving in West Africa. And a lot of times people are like, oh, that's a third world country. I don't see it as that. I see it as a developing community, yes. And I see us leaving with as much or more than we went to depart or to impart to our brothers and sisters. And um, so getting people in that right. Frame of mind to be a part of a team, meaning that when we get on the ground, we're not trying to necessarily build relationship, but we're looking to have had relationships established together, and we're ready to work. Uh, so we we had you know intense time of orientation and different requirements. Um, of course, there's the medical requirements that people had to make, um, the financial commitment, and also the orientation commitments.
1: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I know that in David had Dr. David Brown, who is the founder of Brain uh, Spotting, has talked very much about how the uh, is becoming more of a neuro neuro-experiential model, but also the standpoint that he wanted Brainspotting to be a non-compliancy model. And the reason I go into this is also the view that sometimes has been seen with the aspect of not just missionary, but the idea of bringing Western ideals into cultures that have existed for a lot longer and have had their inherent ways of existing and healing. How was the noncompliance addressed as opposed to this just being another Western mental health ideas being brought into cynical?
3: Well, if I can answer that, brain spotting Please. started in Africa. Uh, why while, while it was downloaded to David, I do not know why the universe did that. But when we look at historically using things like the baobab tree, And going to the boabob tree to sit at the boabob tree to send out prayers and to look at the boabob tree, the sky and the stars, you know, um, being able to watch those and they having messages to us that get downloaded to us. So I believe that brain spotting has always been African. I believe that it's just has a new name. But when we think about um, how our brain works naturally and looking at what has been now harnessed in the uh, West, that we have been doing that. We did that long before the Europeans got there. It is that. And I'll say that. Dr. or Professor James Smalls, it is a psycho-spiritual trauma that we have experienced that doesn't allow us to tap into our psycho- spiritual healing, and that with those of us who have gone back home, we are now being able to waken those, that strength from within. And so um, I believe that brain spotting is not new. Scripture tells us there's nothing new under the sun. And so I think we are making that what we call um, Sankofa, um, where we return back Looking at our past, but moving forward, so that we can now move into what is called mayat, which is the balance between the body and the spiritual, while making our
2: communities healthy and whole.
1: Very nice. Mm-hmm. Anything we like that, Anne?
2: Yes, absolutely. And thank you for that, Dr. Paula. And I, I love um, that Dr. David Grant has been able to package this you know this healing in a way that we can um understand it you know um intellectualize it <laughs> for for some for some of us but also um a way that we can experience experience it and know what we're experiencing right or have some knowing not not know but have some knowing of what we're experiencing um one of the things that um, Dr. David said to me before we go we went to Senegal is he said, you know, take brain spotting and the Senegalese will embrace brain spotting in a way that we'll never know. And brain spotting will become their own, right? Um, in ways that we won't know, and he also um, cautioned me to remember that people from the East are more open to this kind of healing that we're, that we're we're sharing. And so, for us also to be open to receive when we're in their presence, open to learn, open open to the possibilities. And so that is one of the things I love about brain spotting that it does not have to be oppressive. It does not have to be, um, you got to do this, 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 it is so open. It's a modality or a methodology that allows for people to bring their own experiences, their own history, their own, whatever it is to the forefront of, um, of healing, right? And when we look at it, what our goal is, is healing the slavery, slavery trauma on both sides of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, because we have that, that slavery trauma has really traumatized us and it has traumatized our brothers and sisters Um, and the Mm -hmm. mother Mm
3: -hmm. and so the colonial trauma
2: right and so that is what um, that is one of the 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 things that brain spotting allows us to do Mm
1: -hmm. well I think that is a beautiful place for us to take a break at So stay tuned, folks, for our second half here on Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm here with Ann Dillard, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Dr. Paula Langford. So stay tuned, folks. We'll be back shortly.
0: Our lives and the world around us can get messy and frustrating. Untangle and Grow Counseling's focus is to untangle that mess and make sense of it so you have a good foundation to build and grow from visit us on the web at untangleandgrowcounseling.com. Perry Clark offers individual psychotherapy, couples and family therapy, and adolescence therapy from a variety of coping materials and resources. Visit untangleandgrowcounseling.com for more information.
1: Hello, all. Welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist here with you with Anne Dillard, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, and Dr. Paula Langford, And we're talking about bringing brain spotting to Senegal, Africa, and some of the experiences and what they've been finding with that work. So, Anne, why don't we go ahead and start with you and talking a bit more about a little more of the formal sides of what this experience has been like, teaching and some of the repercussions uh, ripples that it has generated. And then we'll go to finish up with Dr. Langford, who can even show us even further where those ripples have gone.
2: Right. Thank you for that, um, Perry. So it has been really amazing. So first of all, you know, we had to, we, we did, we had to consider costs, right. You know, to get trained in the United States, it's, it's, it's significant. So, the people in the brain spotting community who helped us defer the costs and the, the therapists, the brain spotting clinicians um, who went along with us and volunteered their times, they gave such a huge gift to this, right? Because Senegal being a developing community or developing country, people are not able to afford um dollar for dollar what we have to offer and so one of the things we had to look at is what can people contribute financially mm-hmm. and we did we were able to do that and people contributed what they could and there were a certain amount of um, spots that were scholarship but as we we went along we had to find because in Senegal the main language there are 39 different languages let me say. Mm-hmm. The formal language um, is French because Senegal was colonized by France and um, they received their independence in 1960 right And so um, <laughs> so the 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 formal language is French. So we had to find um, one the training material in French, mm-hmm. right. Which we, we got help with that from the, the French Institute, um, the Brain Spotting Institute in France. So we were able to um, purchase some of the materials from, from them. The books, we still haven't purchased the books in French yet, which is something that we, we want to be able to do, right? And then we had to find translators. People to translate. So while John is teaching or while we're speaking as facilitators, we have to have translators. And, you know, so we had to go through the process of how many translators would be good for three days. And as a matter of fact, the three-day training, we did three and a half days because we wanted to start building that relationship, getting some um, ground work done connecting with people before we went into those long three long days right Mm -hmm. the first translators we had they didn't quite work out because you know we wanted professional translators but we also were hoping to find people who could um who had some brain background Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, because so, amygdala does not translate well into
2: right, right, out of English. <laughs> right. So those are some of the nuances we found. Two excellent translators. What we also realized during the training is while uh, French is the main language, some of our our participants they're more comfortable with Wolof, mm-hmm. which is the main language. the the main uh, local language mm-hmm. in Senegal. And so one of our translators, she's really good with with that. And um, as we reflected on the training, we saw where there were more opportunities for us to, to seize the moment, to bring those uh, participants in more if we had more of it in Wolof mm. as well,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, so. <laughs> yeah. and it's not just that aspect of translating the, you start say mm-hmm. Western science into that aspect. Wolof in its own way has its own conceptual ways of seeing the world yes. and expressing, which will be an aspect of how we process or how yes. anyone would process in their native language and understanding
2: of the world. Yes, yes. And so that impacted how that core group of participants participated and engaged in in the training. So just all these different nuances we, we had to figure out. We had to figure out meals. So in, in our minds, we were thinking, okay, we'll break for lunch. And people come back at a certain time. But after the first day, we had to pivot, <laughs> right? Because we break for lunch and people were like, well, what do we do? Um, everybody doesn't have a car by the time we leave and go get meals and come back. it, it It's going to be mm-hmm. really not a good thing. So we pivoted, right? Right um, bought lunches for everybody on the first day. And then I asked people to chip in as much as they could. And then the second day we were able to get a caterer for the, the remaining days,
1: mm-hmm. right? which so, <laughs> pushes much more the communal, the communal support.
2: <laughs> exactly. So we were learning, we were learning as we were going. And as we were learning, we were pivoting as we, they shared with us. Uh, just different cultural things. And when we ate together and during our breaks, we had different interactions about cultural, how to walk, how how do you present yourself as a Senegalese woman? Just so many things that this opportunity um, afforded us, right? That things that you couldn't script that.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just had
2: to be open and relational to receive those things. Um, so we we did. Um, and we also followed up with this group for three monthly sessions. We, we formed a WhatsApp group. We still have that WhatsApp group. But we followed up on checking in you know, for three monthly sessions to see how things are going. And in our last session, we were told that they are using brain spotting and they want it to become formally recognized by the Senegalese government. And so um, there is a core group of members who have selected officers amongst themselves to form the Senegalese um, Association of Brainspotting. So we, uh, that's in the works and we're just really excited and we, we're standing um, on guard. So we've, you know, we've brought them along and they're, they've taken ownership and we're standing on guard to support in every way possible.
1: Beautiful. <laughs> and that's just an example of the ripples of what happened, bringing this communal standpoint, and this, and the healing that happened in amongst yes. them as they felt that this was value to them, not just right. again a another colonial export trying mm-hmm. to get a foothold.
2: Right, that is so true. And on the other end, Perry, what I also wanted, um, I wanted the team to serve in the community because I I didn't want us to go in, oh, we're just going to teach the Senegalese how to do brains. No, I wanted us to go in and build relationship, know what the community is like, experience the community. And so we had service opportunities while we were there. We were immersed in the community and serving so that when we stand up to deliver this material, we had some concept of um, the the feel relationship, the cultural things that we experienced through serving.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Paula, how about you?
3: I'm going to say wow. And wow, wow. Senegalese wow. And wow, U.S. wow. So I think Anne captured a good Uh, Way of how brain spotting uh, came to Senegal. Um, What I have done is uh, opened up my private practice there and moving towards opening a training and retreat center that focuses on bringing brain spotting to not only Senegal, but that will be my first place, um, but to Africa, right? And so I have the Healing Institute Africa with. Healing Institute, Senegal. First, um, it, it certainly has uh, opened the first trip with the team has opened um, a great door. So that when I went to speak to the Director General of uh, Mental Health and Social Action, which is their social work um, organization, she knew about brain spotting she had an idea of brain spotting. And so she had heard about brain spotting. And so when I did the presentation, along with my executive assistant, Ishmael Dion, uh, Jalen, Jalon, excuse me, um, we were able to share with her the benefit of Senegalese brain spotters. And so I, I preface by saying how I got there through Project Safety Net, but also the desire that I am not the person who is head of brain spotting, but brain spotting belongs to the Senegalese people. And once the training happens, then they take on that aspect. They take on the aspect of not only being trained, but being the consultants, being the trainers. Um, within their own communities. And I think what um, happened with Ismaila, who just really amazing young man, uh, who was a part of the first training cohort, he works with the athletes. And so he actually does brain spotting with the football or soccer players. Um, and they see the benefits of using brain spotting. Um, and so he—that that is his area of specialty, and he'll be moving more into that. We also had an opportunity to go outside of Dakar, which is the city, which is the capital city, um, to Mewan, um, which is also... Uh, about four hours away, no, I'm sorry, two hours away from Dakar and then to Tuba, where we talked to spiritual leaders about how brain spotting can help the community. And just the reception was amazing. Um, I will say that for me to be at one point, the only Christian and only female in a room full of male leadership uh, Muslim leadership, and to be asked to brain spot um, the um, spiritual leader, the Imam of that of the town of Tuba, oh, excuse me, the city of Tuba. I could not have asked for a more um, perfect opportunity to, to share with someone who I believe. Would want it to go out. So him feeling the reduction of his pain, he said, not only um, we need you to come back and we need you to come back soon so that we can be trained, but also he said, you pray for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reception uh, of brain spotting and being able to talk to even the mayor of Sangle Calm, that is the third city that I was able to go to, where they are so ready for brain spotting to come to Sangle Calm, He asked me, How much do you need to build a, a center? Mm-hmm. Right? And how can we do this so that the community gets a part? Mm-hmm. of this, um, as it should be. Um, and so it has certainly opened up, uh, like I said, I call it the portal because I think there's a spiritual component to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that I will add to what Anne said is when the team went, we brain spotted at uh, Goree Island, which is the slave castle. And to go to the top, uh, the most, uh, the highest point of Goree. Mm-hmm. And to sit and brain spotting, it was just opening up us for healing that we needed from generations um, past. And so brain spotting is certainly one way um, and a very important way that I believe that the Senegalese and the Africans will come to know and reclaim their uh, greatness.
1: Just letting that all sink in, folks. <clears throat> but also equally, how we talked about the standpoint of the compl- non-compliancy—that you have to do this. That they were open and willing to accept this, both in all of these different settings. And especially, I just recently finished my fourth level training for it as well. And the standpoint of using the body slash pain, body spotting slash pain processing is amazing. Uh, uh, very much one of the ways that again shows the variety of ways that brain spotting is being used and connecting into the neuro system, the neuro experiential, but equally, as we were talking about earlier, and you mentioned that Senegal didn't receive its independence until 1960,
3: 1960,
1: 1960. 1960. Mm -hmm. So we're essentially looking at a country that is now only 60 years, roughly 60, 70 years, roughly, into being independent on its own.
2: Yeah. And actually, Perry, today or tomorrow, the fourth of April will be the Senegalese Independence Day, tomorrow, April 4th. Yeah.
1: And this way you're on the 10th of next week. So we're just shortly past that time for when everyone's going to be hearing that. But yeah. that's also an example too of we're not really that long away from dealing with the trauma of dealing with the colonialism and how how many generations are still perpetuating generational trauma just from what that experience carried with and Mm -hmm. now having that independence and having that choice and one of these choices is we choose to heal
3: we choose to heal so true because you can free a body but not a mind Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and so with brain spotting we get to do them both
1: and sadly, so much of, I think, again, the classic mental health that we're taught in those of us here is on the idea that because the body is free, therefore the mind's free as well when it's not. And right. just talk to anybody who is a survivor of domestic violence or sexual assault, or even for all of us, the aspect of dealing with racism.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just because
1: we're we're not stuck on the plantation doesn't mean that that trauma isn't still with us.
3: Right. And I will say the plantation just changed. We, some of us are still stuck on the plantation, Mm -hmm. but it just, it doesn't look the same. And so Mm -hmm. we don't recognize it as such, Mm
1: -hmm. but our
3: bodies recognize that.
1: Mm -hmm. Very much so. And the reminder that some people are also willing to stay on the plantation.
3: That's and a whole does, nother story. That's yeah, a whole nother podcast.
1: Yeah. And what does it mean for uh, dealing with how that also impacts our community? I mean, we don't want oh, to yeah. leave anybody behind, but sadly, there are some points where unless they're willing to heal, we can't drag them out of it.
3: Mm-hmm. And so, I think that the willingness is because that amygdala mm-hmm. doesn't know that there's another place it can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's another state it can be in because it has been triggered and been um, on guard for so long. So I, I don't know if it's willing or versus it doesn't just know it,
2: know right.
1: it or know trust it. that knowing. Or trust. Yes. So there's yes. still and that's still places of our development.
3: Absolutely. Because nobody owns healing. Mm-hmm. Well, who owns that, right? We all have an opportunity to do so, and even if we don't see people moving in that direction energetically, spiritually, there are things that they see, and as it manifests, they will come along when in in the time that they need to, not the time mm-hmm. that we want them to. So,
1: mm. any thoughts from you, Anne?
2: You know, like I said, this is, for me, a way to help heal slavery, slavery trauma on both sides of the Atlantic. It was something because, you know, growing up, I've thought about, oh, we were separated from our people, our families in Africa but I never thought about what the Africans may be, who are still in Africa, what they may be experiencing. And they are experiencing grief of their families being torn apart and separated as much as we have been experiencing that grief. And so being able to address that and to say, we've, we've come back. Yes, we were torn apart, but we've come back. We've come back to learn. We've come back to share, right? It's such a powerful, powerful thing to, or place to be. And that's why I continue to offer pilgrimages to go back to say, yes, we've gone to the door of no return. Our ancestors have gone through that door, but we've come back. We've defied the odds. We've come back.
1: And we're coming back with the aspect of healing and reconnection.
2: And reconnection. Absolutely.
1: Hmm. So any last thoughts before we go ahead and start wrapping up?
3: I would say that for those who are listening, if you don't know about brain spotting, if if you've never heard of brain spotting, it's certainly um, an intervention that should be explored. Um, I like the fact that many of my clients who experience brain spotting really feel like they are empowered to um, have their own healing. And that while we have that relationship, as Anne uh, has been talking about, in the therapy, it is not from me, but it is me supporting the healing process. So I would that's what I would say. Um, And also to look at what those generational um, traumas are and find a brain spotting therapist to work with you through
1: those generational, uh, traumas. All right. So where can folks contact you to support Project Safety Nets, Safety Nets, I don't know why I said Nets, Nets, <laughs> um, uh, beginning getting the support for the used classes, uh, helping with the scholarships for more brain spotting trainings, helping with the support of helping set up the Inter- uh, Institute for African Healing in Africa. So. Where can folks contact Absolute. you?
2: Absolutely. Thank you. Um, Project Safety Nets, s.org or .com. And also reaching out to me, Ann Dillard. Uh, Ann Dillard on most platforms. It's just Ann Dillard or Um, But definitely Project Safety Nets with the S, dot com or dot org
3: and you certainly can reach me um on facebook instagram and linkedin at dr paula langford l-a-n-g-f-o-r-d or by emailing me at heal h-e-a-l-b-a-l-t at gmail.com or on the website at heal vault h-e-a-l-b-a-l-t dot com
1: all right. And we'll try to have all of those notes in the show notes. Uh, you can also check in with that folks, but please listen, share and expand. And again, if you've got the ability to support, not just with prayers, but also, yeah, the monetary sides of this, please check with these lovely ladies and help support healing the world.
2: Thank so, you. Thank you. So,
1: not a problem. Thank you again for coming on and being part of this. So uh, you heard it here, folks. We're going to have more coming up and uh, stay tuned. So I'm Perry Clark. This has been Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. Let us move on to heal.
0: Asha. Thank you for tuning in for Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. Be sure to join your host, Perry Clark, for another episode on the podcast coming soon on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.